well, the uh, the headline is HBO Max orders a Grease spinoff series set in the fifties. <laughs> that just I I goddamn hate Grease. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a fan. I don't know if I'm the I sort of have a soft spot for Grease. I'll admit that. I'm not saying I'd go out of my way to watch the show, but one one of my personal hells <laughs> would would be not even having to watch Grease on a like a never ending loop. It would be like once a week. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't grow up with my sister, Josh. I grew up with my sister, and that's where it started. <laughs> See, I think I made the full circle. Like I, I was like, What are you watching? And then like I hated it, but I've now come full circle and I'm back around to you know what? I'd watch this. The songs. I'm I'm I listen to the songs. I not like every day, but like if they come times. on, I'm not gonna be like, no, fuck you, turn this shit off. I'm, I'm like, all right, I know uh, this. I'm of the sort that I had enough grease after the first time I watched it. <laughs> um, I watched it once. I've seen it. I never need to see it again. Andy, where do you come down on grease? Middle of the road? Are you grease one or grease two guy? <laughs> I can't say I've ever seen grease two. Oh, I've never seen that. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, I would. That would require that. that. That would require me to watch Grease too, because I've never <laughs> seen it as well. Oh, twofer. <laughs> um, I, I guess my only draw potentially into this HBO Grease series is if they go like full on HBO for the Grease series and they turn it into <laughs> instead of like what you would Game expect, of Thrones, but in like Jersey yeah. Boys almost. <laughs> yeah, like turn it into like The Sopranos, but Grease. Like they sing. <laughs> But they're fucking gangsters and <laughs> oh, it's like real gang fights. It's yeah, just like oh, look, we're the yeah. we're the we're the T birds, and you're that group from that other school who never got a gang name mentioned or name dropped. Ever. This could be the crossover with Fast and Furious too. We will get some underground street racing in the fifties. <laughs> yeah, maybe I could watch that version of Grease, especially like I said, if they're singing and it's really fucking creepy. And they're like over the top, like singing the same type of like songs that you would hear in Greece, but some really fucked up shit is happening. Or like the metal versions of all the Greece songs. <laughs> uh, now we're onto something. This is this is something I can see. I can get behind. See now now we're thinking. What would it be? Would it be like? It would just, it would be like? Brian said metal. Andy just the went to death metal. The sad part is I think I know exactly what part of what song you're doing there. Is that the only part of a Grease song that you know? Yes. <laughs> Very much so. of Bright Guy and the Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is Josh Zorch. Mr. Movie Slut, back again. And Leslie Yoders. Hello. Possibly in the background, Sarah Zorch. Hello. <laughs> and Watson. And, and Watson, yes. Uh, so we are doing another Never Seen That. Uh, the last time we did this was for Fast and Furious, the first Fast and Furious. Uh, for this episode, we are doing Zombieland, which I am on the hot seat yeah, for this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't even know if I, I yeah I should probably just hand it over to you I'll let you run with it Josh you can you can okay, grill me okay. 
Um, yeah, so uh, to reiterate again, this was part of me and Brian's trade uh, to finally get me into, well, at least exposed to yeah. the Fast and Furious movies because there's no way in hell I would have just done it myself. Uh, so we traded off that uh, we're going to try to see how horror movies go with Brian since probably that something he shudders from, no yeah, pun intended. Yeah, a little, a little bit uh, tamer horror movies, hopefully. Yeah, and I, 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 I kid you not. We so many times that we had talked about this for you know all the months that that it kept coming up. We over and over kept coming back to Zombieland. Yeah, you know, at the very least, like there's a lot of really legit good horror movies that, yeah, they might have really explicit gore and a lot of it, but they're honest to god just really damn good movies. Like the remake, in my opinion, the remake of uh, Dawn of the Dead comes to mind, that uh, James Gunn wrote and Zack Snyder directed. Mm-hmm. There's not a no way in hell you would be able to handle that uh, if this is your starting point. Um, but as a, just as a standalone movie, it's really, really good, to be honest. Um, so we're looking for something that has a lot of that those elements in it, but is also like, this is definitely like a horror comedy. Yeah. I yeah. absolutely get 100% like 50-50 on that. Uh, so yeah, this is, this is where we're going to take the dive in. And then if uh, this experiment continues, we will try to find other things that... Uh, we think you could actually enjoy while being, uh, you know, introduced to a bit more of, of some good examples in the genre. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking. If there's if there's movies that you decide could work for me that I can hide behind my hands for a few instances, <laughs> that that would be preferable probably. I could probably handle those, I think. Uh, so, and I mean, you'd be in good company because I, I, I mean, Leslie, you do kind of do waffle fingers a lot of the time with certain movies absolutely you do okay i react terribly but i love it though that's the difference (laughs) like i don't like shy away from it yeah i'm scared i usually bring some like a see-through scarf or something so i have this veil layer yeah veil layer protecting me (laughs) um so what like on 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 that end for you if it do you do you do that behavior when it's more of like a suspenseful, suspenseful type thing with like Annabelle or The Conjuring or Sinister or even something where it's more like Dawn of the Dead or The Purge? Does it matter or is it more the like it's more suspenseful, suspenseful thriller Yeah, suspenseful okay. stuff. That's where I get it. And I, my arms are in the air and I get a man scream too. Like I, I don't <laughs> scream like a girl, little girl. It's always like, oh! it's ridiculous. <laughs> But I lo- that's what I love it though. It's so fun. It really is, I th- and I think you know, just coming I still off. I think of- you guys are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. That's the thing. I will say it's it's not necessarily. I mean, for me, it's not a, like this like weird like cathartic, um, thing to to like identify with what's going on, and oh, like this is a way that I can kind of tap into that side of myself and and. There, there's some kind of pleasurable aspect to it, and so that's why I, I, I like to experience it this way. It's not like satisfying a part of that that is there. Um, I, I, I think there is something about it's a different kind of adrenaline, mm-hmm. you know. Like with coming off like a Fast and Furious type viewing, right. there, there's an adrenaline that gets built up from the suspense of a car chase or an, a, a, a dramatic scene where there's in, where there's just intensity. Yeah. With these, it's kind of the same effect but for completely different reasons you know like i wonder if like any like legitimately if you looked at like the brain chemical process during those kinds of things mm-hmm. how similar or how different they would be because i feel like that something something is being satisfied in the end yeah you know that 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 well let me ask you reaction does that it, suspense does it make you guys feel uncomfortable there's a few in my life that 
I've just flat out thought that I don't see much of a redeeming quality to certain parts that I'm watching that just go beyond let's show brutality for the sake right. of putting brutality on screen. Yeah. There's not much of a character uh, advancement for that reason. There's not much of a plot advancement. There's nothing that it's trying to get you to understand more about the world you're watching. Um, so th there have been a few. There's definitely lines I have. How about I, you? For me, it's I don't do well. I've said this before. I do fine with like supernatural stuff, monsters, aliens, everything. That kind of brutality and killing, I, I can separate it. But yes. When it's like a person mm -hmm. killing another person especially like the sadistic stuff like yeah. i have a hard time with that the tort like torturing yeah. i have a really difficult sure, time with sure. that i don't get any sort of like it's it's not pleasurable at all so. yeah like and i think we just had this conversation recently mm -hmm. and like we brought up examples like uh the two stranger films the yeah. strangers and your next if he's like those are kind of what is that hostile i think is one of them hostile is I a, have a hard, hard take i yeah i yeah. watched accidentally it was like one of those where it was playing, not playing on, it was playing on something, I don't right. know, but I just caught a part of it yeah. and I didn't realize it was even on TV because I was doing something different and I was so disturbed by it. <laughs> like I just couldn't even function. I just couldn't get it out of my brain. And e Eli Roth yeah. definitely pushed the envelope with those. The, that I can't, I have no, I have no desire to see those, but if it's an alien or a monster mm -hmm. or like a vampire. <laughs> yeah. No, I love yeah, it. I, I'm, I'm with you because those especially or zombies? were, yeah. um, like the first one felt like it was exhibiting that, but was also showing this like really ugly side of humanity. Mm -hmm. And then when it actually, I feel like it kind of became a surprise hit in a way, the sequels to it abandoned that aspect of it, in my opinion, more. And we're like, how much further can we go? Ugh. How much yeah, more uncomfortable yeah. can we make people just for the sake of it? Mm -hmm. I'm nodding to green like I, like I know, like I've seen it, but I haven't. Yeah, it, it's just like, <laughs> I, yeah. like I said, I think as you said, it's a good way to, the, the way you said it was good, which is you kind of divorce yourself mm -hmm. from it. You're not investing yourself in that world. You're just kind of so. I mean, a good example, we just watched, Sarah and I watched um, Leprechaun Returns <laughs> last night, which I looked up this morning, Sarah. It's actually like the seventh or eighth in the series, not like the fifth like we thought. <laughs> so you missed a couple. So that, Oh, no, we saw them all. Oh. <laughs> we just forgot. There's, There's like... I completely forgot that we had seen most of them. I think I blocked them out of my memory because they're so bad. <laughs> the first one's tolerable. Yeah. There's like Leprechaun 123, Leprechaun in Space, that is the literal title. <laughs> then there's Leprechaun in the Hood, Leprechaun Back to the Hood. And then they did an Origins film like five years ago. And then they just are trying to reboot it again now with um, uh, this Returns. And But that kind of stuff is so silly. Yeah that it, it's really easy to just look past it all the time. But yeah, I'm with you. So I, we don't expect any of those issues to come up this time. I mean, the cast. So you, you've also, Brian, you've said you've say you've come across parts of this at random times. Yeah. I like think I've, on seen, TV. I've, I've seen bits and pieces on TV. And we're so coming seen, t 10 years yeah, so coming seen, up on this, you know, the censored version of it. I've mm -hmm. never actually just sat down and watched it the whole way. And there, the parts that I've seen on TV, I was like, well, you know, it's edited, so I can I can deal with that without having to worry about the really gory stuff. So right. I was like, I can, this is fine. But, I mean, and we've talked about the people behind the movie and the people in the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, all that is in my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. So I get the comedy, and the comedy is in my wheelhouse. So Yeah. I mean, these writers are the people that went on to write Deadpool. Right. 
You know, so, so they know how to make this sensibility. So I have no doubt that I will like it. <laughs> that's that's not, I guess, the the hurdle I need to get over. Yeah, and and the, the thing that they do well <laughs> with is the the parts where you get like a good makeup artist putting in those you know special effects, yeah, those practical special makeup effects and whatnot. Like I said, they 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 are detailed when they need to be, but not like in my opinion honestly in this one like not really over the top just for the sake of it yeah like if this were happening and this is what you did to a quote you know a zombie yeah physiologically what would it look like what would happen so they they took it seriously in that regard without having to push any further just for the you know sake of doing it I'm trying to think of like other zombie movies that i've seen like is it on par with like Shaun of the dead or is it a little bit gorier and bloodier than Shaun of the dead Honestly, I'll admit it's been quite a minute since I've actually sat down and th- watched that. What do you think? I don't re- quite remember. I think a little. It's more. Okay. It's more. There are a couple parts in Shaun of the Dead where it might be a little bit like the at the end of the at the Winchester when they yeah, yeah. The space out like that. It's a little bit lit, but this movie is a little bit more than Shaun of the Dead. Okay. I think yeah. But again, in like really fun ways. Like there's never a moment I feel yeah. that is pure terror. You know, That's the, yeah, I'm not. You, you never separate those other elements. More out. the horror stuff, like the stuff that makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't go out of my way to watch. So sure. horror movies do that to me, and even like something like certain comedies, like Dinner for Schmucks, is an uncomfortable, funny, and I don't like that movie because of that. Interesting. Okay. So it's it's, it's I don't know. It's just something I don't go out of my way to subject myself to. Yeah, normally. fair. Yeah. I mean, most people don't. <laughs> like, what? I love what, being uncomfortable. What makes me feel the wor- <laughs> what makes me feel the worst, and how can I get the most of that? Yeah. <laughs> No, that's reasonable. I got you. Uh, but even something like Hot Fuzz yeah. like is over the top violent at some yeah. point. So I'm sort of expecting maybe something like that for this. The, you know what? That's probably a pretty good bar. If that's if if that's a reference you have. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. I mean, literally a piece of a building falls on a guy's head and goes through him <laughs> in that movie. Then he walks around for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> that's It's played for laughs, and yeah. I think that's why I can get around some of that stuff. Yeah, I think you'll be okay. You're not going to throw up. Uh, no. We'll make sure to turn the podcast on, podcast on if I do. Hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Quickly, someone fire up the mixer. <laughs> Reporting live. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be great. Reporting from the field live. <laughs> <laughs> Brian could, in fact, not handle it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch the uh, Brian news. Guy Superfriends we Twitter wrong. account. We may live tweet if I pass out. <laughs> we'll, we'll call for help before we start <laughs> taking pictures or sending videos, we promise. Cool. I'll, I'm here. I'm a hero. I mean, in in between like help showing up, I can't promise we'll be good people. But yeah. Uh, any last thoughts? I'm excited to revisit this movie. It's been a while. I am. So this um, is the 10 year anniversary. 10 year that? anniversary. Uh, we hope maybe you guys will get to hear this. We're not sure yet. Uh, yeah, we'll see b- when it comes before, out before the sequel is going to come out. But we're recording this on October the 5th, and sequel is out in like two weeks. Um, so yeah, we're definitely happy to be doing this right before uh, waiting a decade for a follow-up for this amazing masterpiece. And I'll throw it out there. Chances are, if I like this, I will probably want to go see the sequel. Oh my gosh. You Yes. So I'm just, we'll see how this how this ends up. Yeah. But He's going to edit that part out. <laughs> That's true. It's by itself. So if it sucks and I, I just shit on this thing by the end of it, yeah, I can cut that out. I can always take that promise away. I have the power. Yes. Alright, well, I'm excited to see this movie and to see what happens afterward so we will be with you guys uh, very shortly in your world but uh we will get back to the post film discussion very soon so we'll see you there
And we're back. Uh, welcome to the Time Warp. We've made a jump a few weeks into the future in just a few seconds. And we've also replaced Sarah Leslie with Andy Stoles. What's up, podcast people? And Mike Bradley. It's time to go heels to Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, all right, so frequent listeners of the podcast, you probably don't need this, but if you're new to the show, I did a terrible job of setting this up uh, in our previously recorded section. So I'm just going to run through this again. Uh, this is the back half of our Never Seen That episode for Zombieland. Uh, when we've done these before, traditionally we try to sit down, try to record a pre-movie section for whoever is on the hot seat and can talk about what they know before actually watching the movie they haven't seen. Then we take a break to watch it. Then we come back and reconvene to record a post-movie discussion and really try to sort of dive into this. So that's where we're at now. We're at the post-movie section for this. And... I also feel like it's worth mentioning just so we're, we're all on the same page and no one's confused. I'm going to try to get this episode out before our Never Seen That for Fast and Furious. Even though we recorded the pre-movie section, I think I had them reversed and we mentioned doing Fast and Furious first. But I think we're going to record timing in the release schedule-wise. We're going to put Zombieland out first. So for anyone that, that gets confused about hearing about an episode that they haven't listened to yet, it's coming. Hang in there. We'll, we'll get it to you. Like so the just, little kitty in the poster. Hang in there. Yeah, that's that's exactly the one. Um, and we also thought it was fitting that since uh, Zombieland 2 is coming out the week we're recording this, that we could try to get this one out around that time. So hopefully you can hear our thought, well, at least my thoughts and our thoughts on Zombieland. So since we are doing Never Seen That for Zombieland, that puts me back in the hot seat. So I'll open it up to you guys. How, what would you like to ask about my experience with Zombieland? So, uh, as the one that was in the room with Brian when when he was watching, I guess I would start with a quasi apology, actually, because <laughs> leading up to it, even like the weeks and and even as like we're like putting the disc on and getting it ready, kept saying like, no, 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 it's really not that bad of a gore movie. You know, it doesn't really rely on that so much for its purposes and whatnot. And I guess it had been a couple of years since I, I maybe have watched it, but I kind of <laughs> forgot like in the first like half an hour, especially there's like seven or eight moments where it's definitely like, not just in the opening sequence where they show like someone going through a car windshield or someone getting injured, but like, Oh, look, yep. Those zombies are just ripping out those people's intestines. Yep, there they uh, go. Let me, let me <laughs> see if I can throw a guess out here since you're talking about that. Brian, in that first half an hour, or rather in the entire movie, I'm going to guess there's one thing specifically that got you worse than any of it. Okay. And I'm guessing that's when uh, Columbus is in the bathroom with 408, or 406, I can't remember which one she was, and he puts the, like, the shower curtain across her face and she busts through it. I'm guessing that might have been the worst of it for you. She, no. Like, vomits no. up. No. Yeah, like it's, it's like her tongue comes through and it's just yeah. disgusting this like pouring out. I mean that yeah, that was disgusting. But no, I think the I think the worst there's two I think moments that stick out to me. One was in the opening credit sequence that Josh was talking about. Yep. There's a very close-up shot of a zombie like getting someone's neck and then it just lingers on the zombie as he continues to devour said person's <laughs> neck. Yes. Right yeah. up against the screen. That's if I read that's in like the first like 30 seconds. Yeah, that's that's like well the like the uh It's like opening shots. Yeah, and like the national the second, anthem still playing. The second one I think was when uh Columbus and what was Woody Harrelson Tallahassee. Tallahassee. Yeah. 
when they find the zombie on the road that is just ripping out like the, intestines. Uh, the sure. guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, see, I would have figured so, that whole Amber Heard scene with, with like the bone popping through the ankle and then that. Oh uh, yeah, that was. But and... like quick stuff like that, as long as they don't linger on that stuff, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm like I can blink and miss it, so I'm okay. But the stuff that just like let's just zoom in and wait <laughs> and let so, it fester. So I'm assuming that you saw the Cornetto trilogy, right? Yes. So yeah. how did you do with Shaun of the Dead? So that's the difference. I think uh, those movies are played more comedically. Not that this isn't a, a comedy, but I think the violence is played comedically. There, yeah, even where... even in those moments, you're you're right. And it's it like something about the blood splatter and stuff. I think I can tell is like, oh, that's CG. Like yeah, the, Shaun the of stuff the Dead here is much, makeup much and practical, less realistic. I think. It's not meant to look real. It's made to look like models and shit like that. It's meant to right. look like very 70s and 80s horror gore. Because I even, I made that comment when we were watching, like, in Hot Fuzz, a piece of a building goes through a person. And uh, I can watch that fine and laugh about it. But the stuff that happens here that's just someone eating someone, I'm like, ugh, no, ugh. <laughs> yeah. I've had this discussion with Brian before, because, like, so- sometimes, like, his his triggers on it it has to be live action because i know the video games don't bother him because he like not as much we discussed yeah. before that he actually really likes the resident evil series and i was like confused as hell that's surprising and dead space dead space is really right good too. yeah and dead yeah space because is you're like a pure you're just, gore dis- fest. yeah you're just dismembering things that's your goal yeah. is like to have the most dismemberments yeah um so I like just watching it today i just wanted to mention this there's a a moment in the opening sequence that makes me laugh out loud 100% of the time, every time I see it, no matter how many times I watch it, and that's the stripper with the booby tassels in slow motion <laughs> running that's just, you know, and there's like the obvious fat businessman running away with cash in his hands. That gets me every time. <laughs> like, every time I see that, it just makes me laugh. Um, Andy, I think, I mean, I think, I know these guys have said they've watched, well, obviously I watched it with Josh. Mike just said he watched Zombieland recently. When was the last time you watched Zombieland? Uh, probably five years. Okay. Are you going to rewatch before Zombieland 2? Probably. It's one of my, uh, up there as far as zombie movies go for me. So. Okay. Cool. There, there is, I don't know if it's just a one day thing or how long they'll run it, but I know AMC, at least I've seen, uh, that they're doing double features. Yeah, they are. Oh, okay. Is that like opening weekend they're doing it or just one night? That's what I haven't looked enough into it yet. I don't know if it's going to be like maybe only like one showtime a day for like three or four days opening weekend. Yeah. Or if it's yeah. like a one night only thing, I'm, I'm not quite sure. But I know it's I was aware that it was happening. Uh, I'm trying to think of stuff. I didn't actually so, take notes when we watched it. I probably should have. Uh, well, I'll ask you a question then, Brian. What's your favorite rule? That's for a zombie. Let me see. The double tap. Obviously, double tap. Double tap. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because that's exa- I I know that's exactly what I would do. If I shoot a zombie, I want to make sure that fucker is dead, and I will shoot him as many times as possible to make sure they do not get up again. So, what was your favorite comedic use of a rule then? Um, shit. So I feel like double taps there, but I don't feel like they make a joke out of it as much. They just kind of point out, like, "Hey, double tap." I think. I think. The the first time it's sort of used, I think right? I think it's in the parking lot when he's got the shotgun and he <laughs> has cardio. to reload. Yeah, and he has to he has to reload, right, to get the second shot off. Oh, he shoots yeah, yeah, them. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's just this delayed action to get the final second shot in. That's okay, fair. yeah, yeah. 
And I liked some of the like the way they did some of the title cards and stuff for the rules. Oh yeah, like it, the, my personal favorites, Limber Up. Um, yeah, the way that just falls off the car at the back. Right, end that's it, exactly like, the one I was thinking of. Yeah, because because they don't really mention the rules for a, a long time up to that point. They kind of get away from them, and then there's this instance again of like, hey, remember we told you, remember <laughs> Limber Up. <laughs> yeah, they did come back around, which I thought was cool. I was so, actually surprised yeah. there were less rules in the movie than I thought there would be. Or at least they go Agreed. over less than I thought. Yeah, they didn't yeah. mention as many. But there is think... a number of them. There, right. There's a list, but we don't know the whole list. We know some of yeah. them. Because he adds, enjoy the little things. Yeah. So you're presuming that's the next newest one that he's putting there. And that's like number, I don't know, like 32, was, 34 I think it was 24. Something. Okay, is that the, okay. I just so, watched it today, so I'm pretty sure that it was 24. Okay, so like even in that context, yeah, I think they only really maybe mention in totality like maybe six. Yeah, of them sounds about right. And I th- I know I brought this up in other in conversations in the past. I'm not sure if it like contextually ever fit to be on an episode here, but um, I have always wanted them to release a rolls poster, a la you know, vis-a-vis Wedding Crashers. Yeah, uh, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping, I don't know, maybe, maybe, you know, hopefully I mean, we'll get some more roles revealed in the sequel, <laughs> and maybe that'll be a good prompt for them to find, like, release some kind of merchandise of something that would have it, it was know, a more based comprehensive on a book list. That you can buy and read um, Max Brooks' Zombie Survival Guide is what this movie oh, well, was based yeah. on. So Max Brooks has actually done, like, several, like, um shows I, I guess you want to call yeah, them didn't. like um convention shows type of thing mm-hmm. where he like discusses all the rules and the, his reasons for them in the book um we'll I have to read it. i mean i i have actually yeah i have read that it's been a while but since it reads more like a it, it, it really is it's not a narrative it's just like a field survival guide yeah um uh like i i, I can see areas where they like boil you know a lot of the principles down to what he's saying down into those but i would still like absolutely i will go to spencer's or wherever i have to go (laughs) to buy like my regular sized you know 24 by 36 inch zombie land poster if you give me the rules you will get my money i'm telling you that right now there you go sony free money (laughs) yes (laughs) are you gonna say andy yeah didn't max brooks write like world war z as well yes that is excellent to read and it's way better than the movie. Yes. Much more detail. I didn't mind the movie, but I've never read the book, so... I think I still have it. I'll have to look. Yeah, well, I still have it up there. If you'd like to borrow it, I can borrow it to you. Okay. The, I have it sitting the, there. The, I th- the reason I feel that way about the the book is not just because like, everyone says, it, like, oh, the book was better. The, the Literally, the only thing the movie took from that book was the title. And oh, the name of the main character. Remotely, yeah. Not even remotely Je- close. Jerry uh, is no. the name of the main character. That's about it. No. The the book is a basically like a series of like interview vignettes almost. Short short this... long stories kind of yeah. broken up and told by different people about this, their okay. experiences in the war. Writer the quote writer of, of the book um goes around the world after the zombie apocalypse and like when humanity has kind of gotten like back on top and everything 
and he's interviewing people about the experience throughout the conflict. And then it's just these like shorter like vignette narratives there, but there's not like an overarching narrative right. that's that's happening. Um, so yeah, for the most part, the the movie, well, yeah, like I I agree, like it's very entertaining in and of itself. But the like to me, the premise of the book and like the way to set that up and and show that would have been very interesting to see adapted. Yes. On, on screen so once i saw the movie i'm like uh i was i was only let down because i had a certain vision in my head of what i was hoping it was um but yeah it's it's still enjoyable i'll have to check it out brian yeah, it's worth it's worth a read uh what did you think of the gigantic cameo in this movie okay so that's something actually i was talking to josh about when we were on the day uh-huh i Knew that the cameo was in there. I've heard people tell me about the cameo. The few times I caught the movie on TV, I've never actually seen the cameo. So this is technically the first time I actually sat down and watched it. Like, I knew what happened, but still, just seeing fucking Bill Murray in there. <laughs> Big BM. I loved it. And even, I didn't, I don't think I, I realized how many, like, Ghostbusters references are in that short little 10-minute sequence. Oh, my but, God. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I dig it. I still laugh my head off every single moment (laughs) and every time that I hear Emma Stone do her Janine impression. Oh my god, yeah. (laughs) I love that. Like, for me, the the whole sequence that opens it, when Bill Murray shows up, like, you start out, she hits the golf ball, and it cracks off the wall into the back of Woody Harrelson's head. Like, it hits Tallahassee, (laughs) and he's like, oh, and then Bill Murray walks into the room. And he gets whacked with the golf club, and his reaction to that is just that oh, scream. No. You know, <laughs> it's just like, like ow. And like <laughs> Tallahassee looks up, like Bill Murray, you're a zombie. <laughs> and just the whole conversation with him, like, oh, I saw Eddie Van Halen. Oh, how's he? Well, he's a zombie. He's good. He's like, <laughs> just, just the whole thing of like, well, I, you know, I like to go out. I'm like, well, that's definitely yeah. Bill Murray. Yeah, like, I like to, you know, I like to do I, stuff. I just did nine holes on the Riviera. Like, yeah, <laughs> like. What the fuck? Um, like, I feel like if there was a zombie ap- apocalypse, that's exactly what Bill Murray would do. Yeah, like, just, like his, just no fucks given. Just, just gonna do what he wants to do. And the way they kill him is just fucking hilarious. They have him yeah. like, like he turns around, boom, and then he's like, "Oh no, I shot Bill Murray." Like the realization that he just <laughs> killed Bill Murray is like. After he just idolized him for two hours watching Ghostbusters in his theater room. Yeah. Yes. That was also hilarious. Like, <laughs> oh, you're about to find out who to call. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so, like, ridiculous. It's, like, it's the Ghostbusters. Um, and the did Twinkie you reference back to appreciate the Garfield line as much as I hope you did? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. If any regrets. That was, I, I will say, that was a line that was spoiled for me. I knew that was coming. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think when when I've heard about that sequence before, that was one thing that stuck with me. Just hearing people recount what that cameo was, mm-hmm. so I did know that was coming. But still funny. I did enjoy that. Yeah, that. Yeah, I. It, Bill Murray <laughs> is just so fucking great. There's, he is. I mean, there's so many things about that whole long scene when they first get there before they like see Bill Murray. They're in the kitchen looking for Twinkies, mm-hmm. and she says, like, oh, we should have gone to Russell Crowe's house. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's there's just so many, that whole sequence, they all, like, trade around the Purell after they dump his dead body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's, 
So there's it. Okay. So a couple of weeks ago, I forget if we were talking in person or commenting on like uh, Facebook page posts, uh, but the trailer, like the tra- the trailer for Double Tap was released, and also recently the trailer for Harley Quinn was released. And I think to both of them, I think I said for for Zombieland months ago, I said I am not absorbing anything i'm going total blackout on this i want to go in so fresh well they showed both of the they showed a red band trailer in front of joker and i just didn't i don't know i didn't feel like getting up and leaving i didn't feel like doing my whole normal thing i was thrown off by them i wasn't prepared so i ended up seeing the trailers for both of those movies um and i don't remember a whole lot of what i saw from the zombie land one which i'm happy about um but uh, what I was a little sad about was the way one of the ways that they were selling it was like from the director of Venom and from yep. the writers of Deadpool, not to mention the writers and director of the first Zombieland. Yep. The same people have made this one, too. Like, why? Zombieland why not also... was 10 years ago, man. You got to go new and current. Well, right. But like, I... why not at least include both of those? Like, why not sell that, too? Like, yes. I don't know like unless they're assuming like we might bring in some like brand new audience who never even knew the first one existed yeah I think that's part I think Zombieland 1 I think is still considered a cult hit I, so the people that like like that movie are gonna go see 2 regardless Th- that promotion is for people that don't know anything about Zombieland 1 I, I personally right. with their promotions I loved the first trailer they released I believe it was when they open it and they're like Academy Award nominee, Academy yes. Award nominee, Academy Award winner, Academy Award nominee, <laughs> and they're yeah. like introducing like the whole main cast this way, and they're like, and they're gonna be in Zombie Land too, like yeah. It's, of all the movies these people are making, you get four of these highly talented actors <laughs> to come and do this again, not just once. Yeah. You get them to do it again. It was that much fun and that good that. Yeah, they were busy for a long time, didn't get to make it until now, but now we're getting it again, and look at how successful these people have been in that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because a lot of that nominee and winning and all that, I don't think Woody Harrelson's was, but I think the other three are in that gap between oh, yeah. the two. Um, Abigail Breslin's was before, because hers was for um, Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, okay. Great movie, by the way. I yes. love Little Miss Sunshine. It was a really good movie. But, I mean, to be fair to her, like... She was like eight right. at that time. She was like <laughs> thirteen in Zombieland, so yeah. yeah, she didn't have as much time there. And anyway, but yeah, like yeah, um, uh, Emma Stone won. Right since then, Jesse Eisenberg was like the year or two after Word, and I think did Woody Harrelson get another nomination after? He might have Zombieland as well. Because I think he had one for Natural Born Killers. Did he get one? I believe that was one of the nominations. I believe he's been nominated more than once. Yeah. So I, I don't remember if he had like a supporting one for True well, even No movie? Country for Old Men, for instance. That would have been before Zombieland, but still. Did he get a, a nod for... Uh, didn't Wasn't he a True Detective with McConaughey? Yeah, but I think that would technically fall under Emmys. Oh, okay. That's right. Yeah. but But still... Nonetheless, it's an impressive group of people coming for such a ridiculous premise. Agreed. For, you know, and that to me says volumes about how much the first one resonated with 
everybody who yeah. watched it and enjoyed it. Which will lead me to my next question for Brian. Recently, we found out that you're going to see the uh, show on opening night for Zombieland 2 with us. Yes. In spite of all the gore and everything that normally puts you off. And and let us, let so, us point out that Brian solicited us. Yes. To start, I, to I, start that conversation. I, yeah, I just asked if you had plans. If it was well, <laughs> well, said I would tag along. So, did you enjoy Zombieland that much? That you're just sold on having to see the second one? I like. I don't know if I hold it in, on as high a pedestal as as all of you seem to, um, but I did enjoy it and like it enough that I would like to see the sequel. Okay, fair enough. What I still, I mean, yeah. the, like the zombie movie stuff in general isn't normally in my wheelhouse. So, but I I did like the first one enough that I I do want to see what they do with the second one and see where it stacks up. I don't know if. I guess I'm not. I'm unsure how many repeat viewings I would do of either, but Fair. I'm not like mad or sad that I saw them <laughs> or saw this one. Okay. Um, what would you say? I mean, so obviously there was enough about it that you en- enjoyed to get past anything that you may not have particularly liked, or that, like as you said, you know, not normally in your wheelhouse. Um, what? kinds of things about the first one would you say that either you liked the most or that you might have found the most surprising or contained uh in a movie like what uh, what about it might have been your hook if it wasn't exactly the you know horror zombie side of it i mean the cast is a big part for me i think the the interplay with everybody is is the selling point for me and the 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 writing for the movie i thought was pretty top notch i like that um I don't know if the I mean I don't know if the direction really stood out to me too much. I like even being marketed as like the director of Venom. I don't know if that carries too much weight for me. Um writers of Deadpool, I'm I'm cool with that. That that carries more weight I think than direction for me. Um, That's a good point. I I I think the d- direction or like cinematography anything like that you could point to was more put steering the ship the way that it needed to go. Right. And making sure everyone gave the performances and they hit the beats that they needed to. So it was probably in the end, it was you know very much probably a team effort, but direction doesn't maybe stand out as much. Yeah, I'm just thinking like I, I have more memorable quotes and lines of dialogue than like, oh, that shot is pretty cool. Yeah, okay. That's fair. I have I have two questions. Um first, if you had to name Zombie Kill of the Week, what are you going with from this movie? Oh, shit. I probably can't remember a lot of what was shown in the movie as far as specifics. So, I don't know. I don't know. Pass. That's, that, okay. I can't. Okay. I'm not going to be able to think. We'll come, we'll come back to it later if you rem- think of something. Um, second question. Uh, snowballs or Twinkies? <laughs> uh, uh, oh, uh, Twinkies. Yeah. Okay. Twinkies all the way, man. Yeah. I, I, th- I thought about the snowball for a second, but tw- Twinkies are uh, good and delicious snowballs- and but like, it, it's Twinkies the, it's are double level for me not because See, not even just is it is it a better food, but two, it's it's a key point in this movie and a key point in Ghostbusters. So <laughs> that's a big Twinkie. Yeah. Um, for me, that was one of the things that resonated most with me f- for so many reasons. When they, he first runs into the snowballs and he says, "You know, I hate coconut, not the taste, 
The consistency. consistency. Because I had yeah. been saying the same thing for my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, somebody validated that on the big screen for me. <laughs> um, and yeah, that I, I still hold that opinion. I can't eat, like, coconut. Can't do it. So I'm 100% on the Twinkie team. Yep, I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> I think we're all Twinkies then, right? Yep. Well, Josh didn't answer. Uh, yeah, generally, I guess between those two <laughs> specific things, because I'm trying to think, I, I'm not, Josh a, is a ho-ho man. Well, I'm not, I'm not opposed to coconut, but if I think about like, for instance, like almond joys, I don't, I, I, I probably don't like that type of coconut product for the same reason that I might not enjoy a snowball, but coconut in general, I'm not opposed to. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I don't know. You guys got anything else for me? Yeah. Did you have a favorite sequence or scene? Uh, I did. Like I said, I did really enjoy the cameo. Um, shit. Now I'm trying to think of specifics. See, th- this is why it helps doing the the post recordings right after we watch because <laughs> now two weeks removed, I'm trying to remember what the hell I watched. So my personal favorite is the entire amusement park sequence at the end like yeah, okay tallahassee yeah. locking himself up in the little locking actually himself yeah, up and you get you get a lot of like drama like ooh, is he maybe not gonna make it they're giving yeah. me like that hero music and and then like you get the fucking zombie clown thing and he you know, just the <laughs> like fuck you and then like does it anyways and the little um, like nose honk that happens when he hits him with the hammer yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just the little little notes like that about that movie that you remember. Sorry, go ahead. I didn't... If I recall watching it for the first time, I really thought Tallahassee was not going to make it, just based on the slow mo music. Just like, ooh, man, ah, I don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. See, I guess that's the the downside of me coming at this late, having seen trailers for Zombie Land two knowing that he makes it out alive to be in the second one. Yeah, right. there, there, there's not that emotional impact of him surviving, which right. I, I'll lead into Andy. Maybe we can help you find your favorite moment. Because um, my favorite moment personally comes right after that. My single favorite moment in the film comes when Tallahassee finally gets his Twinkie. <laughs> and the look on his face when he just barrels into a Twinkie. That, that's that's my absolute favorite moment in that movie. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I think the the one that sticks out with me, I think, was one Andy mentioned. I think Tallahassee barricading himself in that little stand. I was like, you know what? As, as zombie moves go, like fighting for survival, that's a smart way to do it. Because you can just, still shoot through it. They can't get into you. Yeah. As long as you got I mean, ammo, you're good to go. He's shooting 360 degrees. He's just... Blam, yeah. Blam, well, blam, yeah. Blam, it, blam. It, the way he shoots, he like puts the gun behind his head. He's just... He's, you know, <laughs> yeah. he's doing very... <laughs> Tallahassee things. It's ridiculous. You don't even know if he's hitting his shots when he does those things, but he's doing it. Yeah. And yeah, that that's an awesome moment. I just like the whole interaction with Woody Harrelson and Jesse Eisenberg. Like especially their yeah. their first like scene or two together after they meet on the highway and just getting used to each other's personalities and presence. And I, f- I forget what the exact quote is, but it's after Tallahassee picks Columbus up and they're I think they're starting to drive away and they're talking a little bit and Tallahassee just says something to the 
effect of like, well, I don't know if we should get to know each other that well yet because you do seem like a little bitch. <laughs> Something to that to that effect. Yeah, like I'm sensing you're a bit of a bitch. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like I, their their personalities just played off each other so well. Yeah. Well, like that opening instant when like they play like the Western music when Tallahassee steps out of the Escalade mm-hmm. and Columbus is shaking violently, yeah, visi- visibly horribly <laughs> shaking, holding <laughs> trying to stand there. And just he's just stone still holding the gun up. It's just that difference is so great, and I'm looking forward so much to seeing more of that interaction and seeing where they go with how the characters have changed. Because I'm mm-hmm. hoping there's like a ten year gap. I ho- I'm hoping it like that time lapse is acknowledged and that they've you know the relationships have become more diverse since yeah. we last saw them. So yeah. yeah, which on the one hand I was it's an interesting point because at first I was a little disappointed when I learned that it appears that there's going to be several new you know quasi main characters brought into the mix, but then again the entire first movie is about the four of them meeting and betraying each other and growing and coming back together like you couldn't you couldn't acknowledge a long time gap between the storylines and then still have like their interpersonal relationships still be the biggest focus point of like oh we're still getting used to each other that would be ridiculous right um, so to have you know new new blood new people that they interact with and, and, and cross paths was like, you're, you're going to need that. I agree. Um, I guess the last question I would have, Brian is, I mean, it might be obvious. It sounds like Tallahassee, but who was your favorite character and why? I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm always partial to Jesse Eisenberg mainly because I feel like he's the most relatable to me. Like, everybody yeah. wants to be Tallahassee, but in reality, you're not Tallahassee. I am Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm I'm Columbus if I'm lucky. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like, personally, I don't relate to any of them specifically. Like, I'm not really enough of any of them that I could say, like, oh, yeah, that one. I mean, I think it goes a long way, too, of, of having a mad crush on Emma Stone. And, of course, he gets Emma Stone. So that I'm sure that has something to do with it, too. Does anybody not? I don't know. <laughs> um, that's fair. When I, speaking of those two, one of, my, I, one of my favorite standout lines in the writing is, and I, I think it was just the way that they phrased it, just the wordplay and the word order that they chose. Um, at some point soon after the four of them meet and whatnot and uh, Columbus has like his inner monologue happening and he's talking to Wichita and says, uh, you know, someone's ear is dangerous, is, it, <laughs> oh, yeah. is, is in a lot of danger of having hair brushed behind it. Right, something, right. Yeah, something yeah. to that effect. Just, I mean, after hitting that beat with Columbus earlier in the movie about that just being like something that he would like wants to have to be able to do to someone so desperately. I I loved that callback and I just loved the phrasing of that line. I feel like when it happens to is very like crucial for his character because it, it, it like you're remembering it a little bit off because it happens like the moment he sees her. Oh really? Like she she pops out of the back to come ask for help and mm-hmm. instantly he goes to 
somebody's hair is in danger of having like you, <laughs> you know, are right it's right while they're still it. in the supermarket that's right like he's, right. he's just right there and overselling himself immediately on somebody who just popped out of nowhere and i feel like that plays right to his character so good call because it's probably the first woman his age that he's seen in like three years well they make note he actually makes note of that like when it happens like he says like what how many years it's been no he's just like it's you know like a thousand within a thousand miles the only good looking girl within a thousand miles that you know he's, uh, right, like he's right. making note of the rarity of running into another person let alone an attractive woman yeah at his own age so i don't know i i i hope we didn't completely oversell the movie over the last couple of years when it's come up in conversation that you were still able to kind of subjectively or objectively rather enjoy it and kind of maybe see why we like it so much. Yeah. I mean, I, I figured just their, their brand of comedy and what I've seen in the past and even just hearing people talk about it, that it would, it would be in my wheelhouse as far as that. Um, I'd say maybe it was overhyped a little just because I think everybody's talked so highly about it for years that just coming at it 10 years late, maybe I'm just a little bit late. Sure. And again, some of the uh, drama and suspense is lost on me because it's been 10 years. And now that they are coming out with a sequel, I, I sort of already know who survives and is involved in the next one. So it takes away a little bit of that drama at the end. But yeah. well, then, yeah, I that's... mean, it was like I said, it was good enough for me to want to see the sequel. So yeah. I'd call it a win. And um, that that's perfect. This time around so we can all see that at the same time and you won't be a decade behind the curve that's true yeah Yeah. and i mean i feel like going into it the first time it was something where it was just another zombie movie the first time i saw it i had no like preconceived notions about what it was going to be i just was assuming i'm watching a zombie movie that you know was based on this max brooks survival guide i didn't realize it was going to be as comedic as it was and as great as i feel that it is and I feel like that kind of, like, unknown quality factor added to how good it felt. Yeah. Um, because it was not something that was, like, overhyped in any way going into. And I feel like that definitely changes how you can feel about it. So, I've got a question for you guys, then. So, when we sit down to actually, in the theater, to see Zombieland 2, who wants to volunteer to sit next to me so that I can hide my face <laughs> in your shoulder, should I need, the, I, need to? I want to say Sarah is a good candidate for that, but <laughs> just because she kind of, I think, watches horror and thriller this kind of, like, definitely the same way, but since she knows that this one is more silly and it doesn't depend on, like, tension and jump scares and like really messing with your head it's all for fun yeah. um plus she might be the most kind to you about it <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell sarah she's nominated to be my my buddy for the movie will do <laughs> oh goodness all right any final thoughts last round of questions on me while i'm in the hot seat nothing's coming to mind uh just we're recording this just a mere few days before the, the release of double tap and i mm-hmm. cannot wait any bets on what Tallahassee paints on the side of his car in this one? Ooh, Are we still with a three? Up? I mean, if it's not a number three, I think I'm going to be disappointed. Well, maybe he goes with a Dale Jr. this time. Maybe he gets a number eight on there. Uh, maybe we get a little change. I don't know. I did, You know, I think I made that you gotta have some character comment growth. when we were watching it. I did I did ask, is that Dale Earnhardt? And Josh goes, I, I don't know. You're asking the wrong yeah, <laughs> <right>. person. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like that was just more of a reflex question. Like I have a thought, I'm voicing it to someone nearby. <laughs> yeah. Rather than I okay, here's who I'm posing the question to. <laughs> like until it was so, pointed out to me, I don't think on my own I realized that it was in reference to race car drivers. Yeah. Why did you think that he did it before then? Just it was another quirky Tallahassee thing that meant something to him. And there was a correlation to it. It wasn't just random. I just didn't know it immediately was to a, like, two NASCAR drivers, to a specific one of, I, of I, note, apparently. I feel like that, you know, maybe could be an argument between one of the new characters and him. Maybe one of the new characters has a different number on the car. Maybe they're a Jeff you, Gordon fan and it, there you and go. it causes conflict. <laughs> Let's hope. Uh, all right, last call. Any final thoughts for Zombieland? Nothing? I think we've Not said our piece. All righty. Yep. Um, all right, so the next time you hear a Never Seen That, which we sort of pre-recorded, which will come out at some point, will be Josh with the first Fast and Furious movie. That happened. Um, and after that, we jo- we have it, Josh at least lined up for another Fast and Furious movie, which we will do at some point mm-hmm. to be determined. Uh, we've got some other movies, hopefully in the works that we can sort of talk amongst ourselves and figure it out and try to plan some more of these. Cause they're always fun to do. Um, and I think actually at some point, some, at some point I got to talk to you guys to try to schedule this. Uh, we had started Steph with Lord of the Rings. We got through the first two. She has seen the third one, but it's now been like two months. So <laughs> she's starting to forget what she's seen. We have to, at some point schedule that and, and get that recorded. Got it. So that's a that's a to be determined also. But that's it for this one. If you've enjoyed the show, please stop by iTunes or wherever you listen. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Uh, be sure to share, subscribe, favorite the show. You can now find us on Spotify, so feel free to find us, like us, whatever you can do with us there. That sounds dirty. Uh, as always, <laughs> you can find us on Facebook. Search Brian Guy and his super friends or go to <laughs> facebook.com slash Brian Guy super friends. Uh, you can leave us questions, comments, to- comments, topic suggestions there. You can try to email email us. I won't see it. BryGuysSuperFriends at gmail.com. Or you can tweet us at BG BGSuperFriends on Twitter. On behalf of Andy, Josh, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. I'll spot your if I. Spot- <laughs> <laughs>